Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> and welcome to our show this morning on October 16th, 2019. Uh, and I'm your host, Janice, with WAMJ Digital Broadcasting via BBS Radio. And today we're going to continue our discussion that we started probably two shows back. Um, what is your legacy? So we're continuing that on today. Um, we got off just a little bit because um, of the election cycle. And I wanted to make sure that we um, got all of that taken care of at that time. And no matter where you are, what state or if you are in a different country and you have an opportunity to um, vote, uh, if that's something that's going on uh, where you are, please make sure that you exercise that right. It's very, very important to exercise that right. I just like to start off today with the inspirational quote. And always believe in yourself. And you've heard me say that on two or three of our other shows. But on today, it says, believe in yourself. You are braver than you believe. Stronger than you seem. Smarter than you think. And loved more than you know. And for all the listeners in our audience on today, please know that you can always talk to somebody, find someone to talk to, um, know that you're not alone, uh, because last week in our last week's show, we talked about a 13-year-old who had committed suicide, um, and if you're listening out there in the audience, please know that your life is precious. And if you need to speak to someone or talk to someone, find someone to talk to or get the help that you need because your life is important. And with that being said, we're going to move right on into... Um, I had two ladies regarding our um, beginning of our subject today for what is your legacy continuing was Dorothy Vaughn and Katherine Johnson. <clears throat> and today is going to be more of a narration uh, day. We don't have any guests um, on the show today, but I do want you to um, join the discussion and that number is 888-627-6008. And again, that's 888-627-6008. Please join us in our conversations on today on WAMJ Talk Radio with your host, Janice. Now, Dorothy Vaughn and Katherine Johnson were two amazing amazing and awesome women 
and I'm going to mention them briefly before I get into the next subject, part two uh, of our What is Your Legacy? Dorothy Vaughn, of course, was an African-American mathematician and human computer. And I hope you heard what I said, human computer, who worked for the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. All of that's a part of NASA at Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia. In 1949, she became the acting supervisor of the West Area Computers, and she was the first American, African-American woman to supervise a group of staff at the center. She was a human computer and made great contributions to NASA as a mathematician. The next person, and if you want to know more about her, you need to go on Wikipedia or you need to do some research, and that's Dorothy Vaughn, a mathematician and a human computer who is African-American. And someone out there may say, well, you know, I wonder why she uh, keeps talking about African-Americans. Well, first of all, I have to tell you that I am a female and I'm African-American. I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a wife. uh, I hope that I'm somebody's friend. So that's why it's so important to me uh, to highlight areas where historically people have been swept under the rug or not given the um, recognition that they contributed uh, in a very special way in our society and uh, or someone actually, uh, believe it or not, takes those individuals' history and presume it or assume it as their own. And so the story uh, about the contributor is lost. And someone else may come and say, well, you know, I, I got a patent on this, or I discovered this, and never really acknowledge anyone who contributed to that whole process. It's almost like stealing. But I want to bring highlights to Uh, the African-American community and also I also want others to know that life is so, so very precious. That's for everyone. I don't care what color you are. I don't know. uh, I don't care what your culture is, your ethnicity. Life is so precious. And I know we have individuals out there and others who believe if you don't look like me, you don't talk like me, your eyes don't look like mine, you didn't come from the same area I came from, then you're discounted as a human being. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, All humans, all life should be treated with respect and with dignity, even though we know we live in a very unfair and a very unjust society or world. 
The next person that I want to talk about is um, briefly is Katherine Johnson. She was born in August, uh, the 26th date in 1918. She, in addition, was an African-American mathematician who made contributions to the United States aeronautics and space programs and her contributions may not have been recognized then but if you remember there was a movie <clears throat> that was made um, in her honor and she uh, was just a brilliant 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 woman and she performed calculations for the plans for uh, the mission to Mars. And that occurred in 1969 on Apollo 11 flight to the moon uh, through the space shuttle program that was at NASA. So this woman, even though she wasn't given the credit uh that she deserved. She got it later. But really, she was a physicist and a mathematician. And because of her color, um, she had a love for math, but she had to first teach. Um, she was a school teacher. And in 2015, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And she has been included in the BBC series 100 Women, which followed that very next year. And I just want those out there that may feel like uh, they're in despair, they're hopeless because, oh, society is not going to recognize my gifts and my talents. But you have a duty. You have a responsibility that has been given to you because we are all unique and we all have gifts and talents and we all have something to contribute contribute to the world in which we live in. And that's all over the world. And with that, those two iconic women, Katherine Johnson and Dorothy Vaughn, both African-American women who contributed greatly to NASA. If you're hearing me out there in our audience and you want to join in the conversation, please call in at 888-627-6008. And uh, we'd be so delighted to have you to join our conversation on today. These two ladies... Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Biddy Mason. Because that's how I started off with what is your legacy? And I started off with these are three um, great women in African-American history. And of course, there's many, many, many more. But for me, I needed to um, look back in history and see really 
where where even where I came from and what I want my legacy to be in life. And I want to make a contribution to society to somehow make my surroundings better, not just for my family, but for others as well. And how do we do that? You know, sometimes it's very confusing because even with myself, you say, well, what is my purpose? What is my goal? What should I be doing? I feel like I'm doing something, but I'm not living out the purpose in life uh, or using all of my gifts and talents or growing my gifts and talents to help others. Find your passion, find your purpose, find your mission and start that journey. I'm still on that journey. And I think we all will be on that journey until the day that we close our eyes. And, you know, sometimes we uh, feel uh, like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and only one person can do something. And that person has to have a name and that person has to be um, held in high esteem in the community. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. Everyone has gifts. Everyone has talents. And sometimes we get caught up in the socioeconomic society uh, that we see in the world. Everybody wants to be important. Everybody wants to be uh, rich and wealthy. Everybody um, wants uh, to stick out their chest and say, look at me. Look at me. Look how accomplished I am. Look how important I am. Look how important my children are, my family name, and this, that, and the other. Well, that means nothing for all of mankind. That means nothing for your community. And even if you are a very wealthy person, what are you doing? What are you doing for others? Are you doing anything? Are you just hoarding your material possessions and your money and all of that? Which, whenever we take our last breath, whenever that is, and whoever you are out there in the audience, guess what? You will not be able to take any of your material possessions with you. You will not be able to take your wealth with you. It just doesn't happen. So what will be your legacy? I'm still trying to determine what will be my legacy. And I'm putting those puzzle pieces together on a daily basis. And it's something that I ponder often and I think about when I'm um, resting or um, trying to go to sleep. What will be your legacy? We started off our very first show with 
what will be your legacy? And I didn't tie it in. I kind of left it hanging when we got into uh, the political uh, arena, the voting and encouraging people to go out and vote and having our candidates to come on the show um, and urging folks wherever voting is going on to please get out and vote. And we started off about Biddy Mason back in the 1800s, who made phenomenal progress in uh, a very ugly uh, world at that particular time. And to be honest, it's still ugly right now. Um, I wish I could just find out why... uh, Others need to feel superior. They need someone to feel inferior. Or uh, it's almost um, the bullying cycle. I need to be smarter than you, look better than you, live better than you. Children go to a better school than yours. Uh, All of this stuff is just, it's for naught. Because that's not how we should be living in society. That's not how we should be treating others. If you respect yourself, then you should respect others and you should respect other individuals, human lives. Folks shouldn't be sending others. And I'm I'm speaking in reference to the Holocaust. Why would you want to send other human beings who you did not make? You didn't create them, but you feel that you have a right to destroy them or to help them destroy themselves or the society within which they live. And those are just some things to to, uh, think about Hopefully, long after uh, this show is over on today. When I said that I'm an African-American woman, I wanted to reach back. And they say, there's a, a saying that if you don't know where you come from, then there's no way you can know where you're going to. And purpose, figuring out. What's your God-given purpose? What are your gifts and talents? And how are they to be used? They're not to be used in a selfish way. Uh, Of course, we have to take care of our families. And of course, we need to uh, work. Um, And of course, we need to have resources to take care of our obligations uh, in the society within which we live. But we also need to be able to reach out and go beyond our household, our family, um, our loved ones to help somebody else to rise above. However, if you don't know your history, if you don't value uh, those individuals who died uh, in the past, so that you could have certain rights that you have right now and you don't take advantage of it, 
is so disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your ancestors and to many other people who fought for a common cause, thinking at that particular time that it would make it better for you and for all mankind. And what do you do? These people lost their lives. And now here we are in the 21st century. And people are actually saying, my vote doesn't count. And that leads me into, um, I pulled some information from the Library of Congress. And I wanted to talk uh, share a little bit, especially for our uh, younger audience or wherever you are in the world, that you have to know from whence you came, from whence your ancestors came. Even though your history may be hidden, you have an obligation to go digging and to research and know your history. Because if, 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 if you begin to do that, then you can respect what you have now that others fought for and died for. Within East Baton Rouge Parish or county, for example, we had early voting up until October the 5th. Regular, um, our voting day at the polls here was on Saturday, October the 12th. When all the results came in just for this parish or county only, and I'm, I'm saying all of this because I'm trying to make a point, especially to the uh, young people and to old or middle-aged who don't get out and vote and who think their vote does not count. Just in this little parish or county, over 8,000 people or more did not get out and vote. And it was not raining the weather wasn't bad here or any of that. A lot of people said, well, why should I vote? Because my vote doesn't count. Well, for sure, your vote is not going to count if you don't get out there and vote. Individuals who are disabled uh, or individuals who don't have transportation or individuals who say, oh, I don't have time for that. I have to go to a football game, a basketball game, a soccer game, or I have to do this and I have to do that. And you chose not to vote early. And then when the actual election day comes, you're too busy doing whatever you're doing and you choose not to go vote. And then you have the audacity to complain. Well, I don't like that politician and I don't like that person and I don't, um, they're not doing right. Well, you have a choice 
to contribute as a citizen and over in the other countries um, where they may not have the same democracy uh, that we have. And in some countries, they may not be allowed to vote. And here, within the United States, we have individuals who by choice choose not to vote. I can't wrap my head around it. I just I just can't. And we know we have some uh, religious groups that um, historically they don't vote. But I, I don't I don't um, I'm not going to mention any names of religious groups. But one thing I will say is, is that if you are a living and a breathing individual and you have the right to vote and you don't exercise that vote, I mean, shame on you. I am so disgusted. And I'm disgusted because it's a lot of young people, young people. And believe it or not, it's also people who are 50 and above. So you can vote absentee ballot. If you're disabled, you can still vote. You don't have to get to the um, uh, polls in a, um, on a stretcher or by ambulance because if you start early enough and if you are a registered voter, your ballot can be submitted by mail. You may have to get your physician to sign off on something, but you need to be trying to exercise your right to vote. Some people think that voting only occurs when there's a presidential election or there's a governor's election. No, our local races, wherever we are, please, 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 please get out and vote. I don't know how to say it. Um, I tell my, my own children, I say, do you understand the people who died, who we will never know, fought, lost their families, so you could have this right to vote and you don't get out and vote? Well, personally with me, we got a serious, serious problem. And believe it or not, a lot of the people that are not voting, they're, they're college uh, students. And I just want to say it's just sickening, sickening, sickening. And with that, we're going to take a, a brief break and I'm going to come back and talk about the information from the Library of Congress. And please, if you're listening and you want to join in our conversation, please dial 888-627-6008. Thank you and we'll be back.
we're back with WAMJ Radio Talk Show with your host, Janice. And just remember, if you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. And again, that's by Maya Angelou. And during our short break, we were um, just talking, Doug and I, and um, talking about tending to your garden and making sure the weeds are out of your garden before you can tend to other gardens. That's very important because he used the term uh, disarray. And if your garden has weeds and bugs and all of that and it's in complete disarray, how in the world can you go out and you tend to somebody else's garden? You're only fooling yourself. And you think you're fooling other people. And you may be fooling some people, but you can't fool everybody all the time. And with that, I wanted to get into um, a little bit of history from the Library of Congress uh, that um, talks about elections the American way. And I'm going to uh, be actually narrating this, but the right to vote, the right to vote is so important. The founders and the vote. In the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Quote. But how would Americans consent to be governed? Who should vote? Question. How should they vote? Question. The founders wrestled with these and many other questions. Voting rights for African Americans. The terrible and bloody Civil War freed enslaved Americans. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution in 1868 subsequently granted African Americans the rights of citizenship. However, sadly, this did not always translate into the right to vote. Even after Congress passed the 15th Amendment providing the right to vote, it would be many, many years before African Americans would be allowed to fully participate in the process that we call the right to vote. And if you are a person of color anywhere and you are in America or you hope to get to America and you hope to become a citizen, you need to understand some things about the Constitution and learn about the American way and the hurdles that um, individuals in society have went through so that others could have uh, that right. 
The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Yet states still found ways to circumvent the Constitution and prevent blacks from voting. Poll taxes, literacy tests, fraud and intimidation and killing all turned African-Americans away from the polls. It wasn't until the Supreme Court struck it down in 1915 that many states used the grandfather clause to keep descendants of slaves, descendants of slaves out of elections. The clause said you could not vote unless, and I hope that you're listening, in the audience. The clause said you could not vote unless your grandfather had voted. An impossibility for most people whose ancestors, and I hope you all are hearing me well, were slaves. The clause said you could not vote unless your grandfather had voted. And, and we know this was an impossibility for most people who, whose ancestors were slaves. This unfair treatment was debated on the street, in the Congress, and in the press. A full 50 years after the 15th Amendment passed, black Americans still found it difficult to vote, especially in the South. There is an article that says, and the title is, What a Colored Man Should Do to Vote. And you can find it within the Library of Congress. And it lists many of the barriers African-American voters faced. The fight for African-American right to vote raged on for decades. In the 1930s, one Georgia man described the situation this way. Quote, do you know I've never voted in my life? Never been able to exercise my right as a citizen because of poll tax. I can't pay a a poll tax. Can't have a voice in my own government. Quote. And I'm going to repeat that. The fight for African-Americans raged on for decades. In the 1930s, a Georgia man described the situation this way. Do you know I've never voted in my life, never been able to exercise my right as a citizen because of the poll tax? I can't pay a poll tax, can't have a voice in my own government. 
Many brave and impassioned Americans protested, marched, were arrested, and even died working toward voting equality. In 1963 and in 1964, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., brought hundreds of black people to the courthouse in Selma, Alabama to register. When they were turned away, Dr. King organized and led protests that finally turned the tide of American political opinion. In 1964, the 24th Amendment prohibited or it stopped the use of poll taxes. That was 1964. 1964, the 24th Amendment prohibited the use of poll taxes. In 1965, the Voting Rights Act directed the Attorney General to enforce the right to vote for African Americans. And that is why I am so impassioned and really with our, um, here in Louisiana and in our East Baton Rouge Parish or County felt in complete despair that we had over 8,000 registered voters or more that chose not to get out and vote. The 1965 Voting Rights Act created a significant change in the status of African Americans throughout the South. I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I reside in the South. I was born in the South, and I still stay in the South. The Voting Rights Act prohibited the states from using literacy tests and other methods of excluding African Americans. They didn't want you to vote. Now you have a chance to vote and you choose not to get out and vote. God help you. At one point in time in 1969 and a little bit prior to this, that date, there was only an estimated 23% of voting age blacks that were registered nationally. But 1969 and the years to come, the number had jumped to 61%. And now I'm wondering, I'm wondering what has happened? What has happened? Why aren't individuals getting out to vote? What will be your legacy? Do you want to have a legacy for your grandchildren, your children that, hey, Guess what? I didn't get out and vote. And I'm telling you all, you don't have to get out and vote because our vote doesn't count. 
God help you and help you to realize the historical significance of why it's so important for you and your loved ones and your family and your friends and even your strangers to get out and vote. If you'd like to join into the conversation with WAMJ for your host is Janice, please dial 888-627-6008 and join in um, this conversation because I'm excited about it myself. What will be your legacy? And we've brought that not full circle, but I'd say a half circle. Because we're talking about the significance and the importance of voting, the importance of the Voting Rights Act, and um, especially for people of color. As citizens of the United States, okay, you cannot value too highly your right to vote is what some folks said. Now, think about that. As citizens of the United States, you cannot value too highly your right to vote, which is an expression of your choice of the officers who shall be placed in control. They will be placed in control of your nearest and your dearest interests. You should vote at every election in national elections, congressional elections, local elections within your state. Vote for the best interests of the country, of the state where you live, or in the local communities where you live. In local elections, Vote for the best interest, best interest of the community. Again, where you live. Never, ever, never, ever, and never, ever sell your vote. It's so precious. The things that qualify a black man or as once was said, a colored man to vote in the southern states. In order that you may know what will be demanded of you to vote under the constitution and laws of the several southern states, we give you requirements that you must meet. In Alabama, in Louisiana, in Mississippi, in North Carolina, in South Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee. These are all southern states. I was born in Tennessee and raised in Tennessee and live now in Louisiana. So Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee. 
These were the requirements. You must pay your poll tax. You must register and hold your certificate of registration. If you can read, even though at one time it was against the law for a colored man or African-American or black man to learn how to read and write. But this is what it says. If you can read and write, you can register in Alabama, Louisiana, and South Carolina. If you cannot read and write, you can register if you own $300 worth of property. I, I hope that you're listening very carefully. If you can't read and write, you can register if you own $300 worth of, of property. Now, what was said in Arkansas and Georgia? My mother was born in Arkansas. You must pay your poll tax. That's in Arkansas and Georgia at that time. And this is just some history from the Library of Congress. You must pay your poll tax. In Florida, Kentucky, Texas, and West Virginia, you must reside in the state. A man convicted of almost any crime, any crime may be barred from voting. And we're still fighting on that issue even today. In Alabama, you must reside in the state two years, one year in the county and three months in the election precinct. Poll taxes for 1901 and each year since then must be paid before the 1st of February prior to the election. And this was the law. Persons over 45 years of age are exempt from poll tax. However, they must be registered and hold a certificate of registration. In order to register, you must be able to read and write any article of the Constitution of the United States. I want you to listen very carefully to this. In order to register, you must be able to read and write any article, any article of the Constitution of the United States and must be regularly engaged in some work, employment, business, trade, or calling the greater part of the year before the election unless you are physically unable to work. A person who cannot read and write must own or his wife must own, listen at this, 40 acres of land upon which he must live or must own real and personal property assessed at $300 or his wife must own the same property or own some property upon which the taxes for the year before election must be paid. Any person convicted of a felony, adultery, larceny, wife beating, um, 
vagrancy, selling, or offering to sell his vote is forever, forever barred from voting. And that was in a state of Alabama. We're just about to run out of time, but I want to read Arkansas because that's where my mother uh, was born and raised. In Arkansas, you had to reside in the state for one year, six months in the county, and one month in the election precinct. You have to, at that time, you have to have had a poll tax receipt or other evidence that the poll tax had been paid at the regular time for collecting the tax. This is all from the Library of Congress, and I just want you to know that how important your right to vote is and that you should exercise it is sacred it's sacred and this brings us back to Biddy Mason she couldn't read she couldn't write but she owned property she had a beautiful ex but if you couldn't read and you couldn't write then you couldn't vote Biddy Mason time was in the 1800s and we're not talking about what I just um, informed you all of that wasn't in the 1800s it be, this, some of this language is from 1901 on so with that I'm going to close I want you to think about what is your legacy and that's WAMJ, Digital Broadcasting, with your host, Janice, on bbsradio.com. Thank you so much and look forward to seeing you on next week. And we will have our guests to join us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <music>